please subscribe and leave a review of Dorky wherever you get your podcasts. Also, you can support the pod if you'd like. You can use PayPal or buy me a coffee. There are links to both methods on Dorky's website and in the show notes of this episode. Thank you so much. Hello, this is Dorky. I'm your host, April. This is a podcast about history. I'm going to be discussing events, people, and sometimes just random things from history that interest me and are important. I am absolutely not a historian. I'm just a dork who spends a lot of time watching, reading, listening to anything I can get my hands on about history, and I want to talk about it. I think a lot can be learned from looking into the past, and I'd like to share what I've learned, and my opinion about what I've learned, and I hope you enjoy it. Queen Elizabeth I was the daughter of King Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn. I did a whole episode about Anne Boleyn you could listen to if you want to get all the details of what happened with that, so I won't get too into it here. But to make a long, complicated story short, Henry had Anne executed when their daughter Elizabeth was two and a half. Henry died when Elizabeth was 14. Elizabeth never got married. There are theories as to why she never did. One of them being that what happened to her mother and watching her father, Henry VIII, go through all the wives he did made her think twice about marriage. I mean, he was married six times in total, four times after the marriage to her mother ended so tragically, and none of those other marriages ended well. So that theory does make a certain sense to me. Whatever the reason, Elizabeth I, as queen, considered herself married to England, and that was that. Her advisors wanted her to get married. Rulers of other countries wanted to marry her. None of that mattered. Elizabeth wasn't having any of it. There were rumors, of course. She was thought to have possibly had relationships, with several different men being named, but nothing was ever confirmed, and it wasn't like anyone was going to come right out and ask Elizabeth, right? One of the men she was said to possibly be involved with was a man by the name of Robert Dudley. Robert was the son of John Dudley, the Duke of Northumberland, and grew up with Elizabeth. After Henry VIII died, his son Edward became king, but Edward was only nine years old. Because he was so young, a regency was set up for him, and Northumberland was on that council. Then Edward died at 15, and technically that meant the next in line for the throne would be Henry's daughter with his first wife, Catherine of Aragon, Mary. However, there was a big divide as far as religion went in the country. Thanks, Henry VIII. To put it simply, Edward was very, very Protestant and did not want his half-sister, the very, very Catholic, Mary, to ever be on the throne. So Edward wrote it in his will that his cousin, Lady Jane Grey, would be the one to take the throne when he died to ensure England stayed Protestant. When Edward died, Northumberland, and his son, Robert Dudley, supported Lady Jane Grey's claim. That makes sense, as Lady Jane Grey was Northumberland's daughter-in-law. This Lady Jane Grey queenship only lasted nine days. Mary came in and put an end to that. Northumberland was accused of treason and executed less than a month later. 
Jane was held prisoner in the Tower of London and was convicted of high treason in November 1553, which carried a sentence of death. Side note, Mary actually spared Jane her life at first, but eventually viewed Jane as a threat to the crown when her father was involved in a rebellion against Queen Mary's intention to marry the Catholic Philip II of Spain called Wyatt's Rebellion. Jane and her husband were executed in February of 1554. Elizabeth was also put in the tower by Mary during that time, as she was suspected of possibly being involved in that same Wyatt's Rebellion. All of that to say that Elizabeth and Robert Dudley knew each other since they were young, and, air quotes, did time together at the Tower of London, and were very close. So it was no surprise when, after Mary died and Elizabeth became queen, she pretty much immediately picked Robert Dudley to be her master of the horse. This was a very important position. It meant a lot of interaction between Robert and Elizabeth. He was also very involved in the planning of her coronation, and she made him a Knight of the Garter. The Order of the Knight of the Garter is a big deal. Here is its official definition. The most noble order of the Garter is an order of chivalry founded by Edward III of England in 1348. It is the most senior order of knighthood in the British honor system outranked in precedence only by the Victoria Cross and the George Cross. The Order of the Garter is dedicated to the image and arms of St. George, England's patron saint. Appointments are at the sovereign's sole discretion and are usually in recognition of a national contribution for public service or for personal service to the sovereign. Membership of the Order is limited to the sovereign, the Prince of Wales, and no more than 24 living members or companions. Considering Robert Dudley's quick rise, it didn't take long for gossip and rumors to start about the nature of his relationship with Elizabeth. Here's a letter that was written to King Philip II of Spain to give you an idea. Lord Robert has come so much into favor that he does whatever he likes with affairs, and it is even said that Her Majesty visits him in his chamber day and night. People talk of this so freely that they go so far as to say that his wife has a malady in one of her breasts, and the queen is only waiting for her to die to marry Lord Robert. Matters have reached such a pass that it would be well to approach Lord Robert on your majesty's behalf. Your majesty would do well to attract and confirm him in his friendship. Robert Dudley was so prominent in Elizabeth's court that he acted as official host on many state occasions and was himself a frequent guest at ambassador dinners. It's also mentioned in several sources that Elizabeth would barely let Robert out of her sight or away from her side. So Robert Dudley was someone Elizabeth had known and been close with for years, was obviously very attached to, and he was already sort of acting like he was a consort and everyone in Elizabeth's court noticed this and spoke about it. But there was one problem. In the letter to Philip II I read, you might have noticed mention of Robert Dudley's wife. Yes, Robert Dudley was already married to a woman named Amy. But Amy almost never came to court. She was at home in another part of the country without Robert most of the time, while he stayed at court by Elizabeth's side. I can only find two mentions of Robert seeing Amy after Elizabeth became queen. He went to see her for a couple days at Easter in 1559, and Amy Dudley came to London in May 1559 for about a month. 
it's very possible that they saw more of each other, and it just wasn't recorded. But that's all the official records show. But either way, I think the main takeaway is that Robert spent much, much more time at court with Elizabeth than at home with Amy. That letter also mentioned an illness that Robert's wife had. That letter mentions, quote, a malady in one of her breasts, which seems pretty specific to me, which makes it more likely to be true in my eyes. Or maybe Amy just didn't come to court because she didn't like Elizabeth monopolizing her husband, and the Dudleys just said she was ill as a polite excuse for her continued, very conspicuous absence. I mean, that seems possible to me as well. The real reason for Amy's absence from court isn't known, but it ultimately didn't matter because Amy was found dead in her home in September of 1560. Not only was Amy dead, but her death was suspicious. She was found at the bottom of a staircase with two head injuries and a broken neck. To his credit, Robert immediately realized how bad this all looked for him and Elizabeth. As soon as he was informed of Amy's passing, he wrote this letter to his steward. There came to me bows, by whom I do understand that my wife is dead, and as he saith by a fall from a pair of stairs. Little understanding can I have of him. The greatness and the suddenness of this misfortune doth so perplex me, until I do hear from you how the matter standeth, or how this evil should light upon me, considering what the malicious world will brute, as I can take no rest. To Robert's further credit, he immediately ordered an inquest into Amy's death. But neither the shock registered in that letter Robert wrote, or his immediate order of the inquest, did anything to quiet the gossip. It was assumed by, well, almost everyone, that Robert had ordered Amy's death so that he would be free to marry Elizabeth. There was even speculation that Elizabeth herself had Amy killed so that she could marry Robert. While I've seen direct testimony from this inquest, it's very old-fashioned sounding and difficult to read out loud, so I'll just summarize what was said. Here's what came out in the inquest. Amy Dudley had risen early that day and was in a strange, bad mood. She sent all the servants away to a fair, insisting that they all go, which would mean she would be at home alone all day. This was very unusual, and the servants didn't want to leave Amy alone like that, but she was absolutely insistent. One of the servants was point-blank asked if she thought the fall was, quote, chance or villainy. The servant replied that she thought it was an accident, that it wasn't foul play, nor did she think Amy would have harmed herself. After a lot of testimony and evidence was given, including a letter Amy had written to a tailor like a week before her death ordering a new collar for a dress, it was time for a verdict. It took several days, but the coroner and the 15 jurors came back finding that Amy's fall down the stairs was an accident. So, technically, Robert was cleared. He assumed this was the end of it, and had a very expensive, elaborate funeral planned for Amy. Fair warning. I'm about to do some very wild, circular, irresponsible speculation for a moment. It's noted in several sources that Robert didn't attend the funeral, but then it's quickly said in those same sources that this was customary for that time, and nothing should be read into that. I'll be honest, I've never seen or heard that about a husband not attending his wife's funeral anywhere else but in this specific case, so I don't know what to make of that. It's stated just like that 
in several different places talking about Amy Dudley's death, but I wasn't able to find this information anywhere else. I think that's strange. But I also think that everyone grieves differently, so I definitely don't think we can or should take anything from this. I mean, no, it doesn't look good to us now. But who knows? I know I'm about to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but it's almost like pointing out the fact that he wasn't at the funeral, then saying that it doesn't mean anything almost makes it sound like it does mean something. Okay, thank you for indulging me while I went on a bit of a tangent there. So yeah, after Amy's fall was found in court to be an accident, Robert assumed that was the end of the scandal. But the court of public opinion wasn't so sure and never quite stopped being suspicious of Robert's involvement in or knowledge of Amy's death. Robert even tried to put himself up for marriage to Elizabeth, but it became obvious that any official romantic relationship at all with Elizabeth, let alone a marriage, would not be possible. They certainly wouldn't have phrased it this way back then, but it would have been really bad optics for them to ever get married considering how Amy had died and all the suspicion it caused. Elizabeth and Robert did stay close for the rest of their lives, but they never had an official relationship and Elizabeth would never marry anyone. Elizabeth did try to get Robert to marry her cousin, Mary, Queen of Scots. She even gave him a new title, naming him the first Earl of Leicester so that his station would be high enough to wed the Queen of Scots, but Robert refused to marry her. Elizabeth had Robert's apartments moved right next to hers. The rumors that they were in a relationship continued. Then, in 1578, Robert Dudley did get married. He got married to Latisse Nolis, who was the widow of the first Earl of Essex. But Latisse was also Elizabeth's first cousin once removed. Side note, I'm hopeless when it comes to what titles like first cousin once removed actually mean, so I looked it up. Removed means a different generation. When cousins are in different generations than each other, we say they're removed. Removed is like grand and great, but with cousin. Thank you, Google. So, Robert went and married Elizabeth's cousin, once removed, but here's where he really messed up. He did it secretly, behind Elizabeth's back. And not just like, hey, we eloped, we're home and married now. No. Elizabeth didn't find out they were married for nine months. This really made her angry, and apparently she had a huge outburst over it. Elizabeth eventually calmed down and kind of got over it, and she did eventually kind of warm back up to Robert, although she always let him know she was displeased. She never accepted Robert's marriage, and would say mean things about his wife Latisse often. Elizabeth called Latisse a she-wolf, and made sure her social life was stunted. Even Latisse's movements could pose a political problem, as Elizabeth's secretary explained in this letter. I see not Her Majesty disposed to use the services of my Lord of Leicester. There is great offense taken at the conveying down of his lady. So Elizabeth was snubbing Robert for bringing his wife around. To his credit, Robert stood by his wife, asking his colleagues to intercede for her. But there was no hope. This is a quote from a letter Robert wrote about Elizabeth. She doth take every occasion by my marriage to withdraw any good from me. This was written a whole seven years after he got married. So, yeah. Elizabeth could hold a grudge. In July 1588, as the Spanish Armada came nearer, Robert was appointed 
lieutenant and captain general of the Queen's armies and companies. A few weeks after the Armada, Robert died. The exact cause of his death isn't known. Theories range from malaria to stomach cancer. We just aren't ever going to know. Medicine wasn't very advanced at all back then, and trying to diagnose someone who lived 500 years ago with a medical condition is tricky, if not impossible. What is known is that his death was unexpected. Elizabeth was deeply affected by Robert's death and locked herself in her apartment for a few days until the door had to be broken down. Elizabeth kept the letter he had sent her six days before his death in her bedside treasure box, writing his last letter on the outside. It was still there when she died 15 years later, on March 24, 1603. So that's the relationship between Elizabeth I and Robert Dudley. Was their relationship romantic? I have no idea. And, honestly, I don't want to speculate on that. I don't think it matters. What I do think matters, and is important, is that they had known each other since they were young and were very close. I do feel comfortable saying that she obviously cared for him a great deal, and with everything those two had been through together, that makes a lot of sense to me. As for the death of Amy Dudley, I mean, who knows what really happened? The building where Amy died isn't around anymore, but I've seen documentaries where they used computers to make a rendering of the staircase Amy was found at the bottom of, and it looked really, really treacherous. This was also before people realized that stairs all need to be uniform to be safe, as uneven stairs make stumbling more likely. If one step is off by even a centimeter, tripping becomes almost inevitable because your body automatically goes to take the step at the same height as from the one before it. Change in height of the stairs is what throws you off balance. All of this to say that the thought of those stairs being uneven and Amy tripping and falling because of this is not only 1,000% plausible, but actually very probable and very sad. So that's the story of Queen Elizabeth I and Robert Dudley. Only those two will ever know exactly what the true nature of their complicated relationship was. And I'm okay with that, because I feel like that was their business and no one else's. But I do think the whole story of everything that happened between them, being children together, being locked up in the tower together, Robert being so involved in her administration, the mysterious death of Amy, Robert trying to marry Elizabeth, but it not being possible. Elizabeth trying to get him to marry her cousin, Mary Queen of Scots. Then Robert secretly marrying Elizabeth's cousin, once removed, and Elizabeth's reaction to it. The whole thing is fascinating, and I hope you think so too. One last thing before I end this. I wanted to say thank you to my English friend who listens, and who I've unilaterally dubbed this podcast's official British correspondent for helping me with the proper pronunciation of some of the locations in England. Thank you so much for everything. The main sources I used for this episode were EnglishHeritage.org, Tudor Society, Elizabeth Files, and of course, Wikipedia. So that's it. That's the episode. Thank you so much for listening. You can reach me at dorkypod at gmail.com. Let me know what you think of the podcast. 
let me know if I left something out or got something wrong. Or let me know if there's something in particular in history you'd like me to talk about. There's also a Facebook group called Dorky Podcast. Join it and be part of our community. Also, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're hearing it. It helps the podcast grow. But more importantly, your feedback will help me make this a better podcast. Until we meet again, friends. 